It's Amina's House Podcast, episode 140. We are all back in full effect. We missed, uh, well, I mean to say what, before we get I'm into Shana our little B. conversation. <laughs> I'm Shayna B. <laughs> Garnett Briscoe, a.k.a. Sherlock Homeboy. <laughs> Dex the one. <laughs> so we lost Dex last week because we had a major storm, yeah. and Dex lost all kinds of power. Uh-huh. When did you get your power back? It came back that night around 10, 10.30, the power came back on. So then, and I was getting ready to do my other show, which started at nine, or it started at 10. I was like, oh, I can jump on it real quick. Then I noticed the cable was like Xfinity was out. And I said, <laughs> it's, it's over. <laughs> and that didn't come on to like four o'clock the next morning. Oh, yeah, nah. That's crazy. And, you know, a lot of people suffered from power outages all up and down the East Coast. Mm -hmm. But we lost one of our very own. <laughs> and I listened we got them back, though. We got them back. I, we I did. was so sad because, like, I was really looking forward to the Angelica Villa stuff. Like, I wanted to do it. And then I'm like, oh. I know. I know. Was, she was super sweet. You would have loved her. So well with that. Yeah. So shout out to Fat Joe. Fat Joe retweeted. Uh, please watch last week's episode. It's on YouTube as well. Uh, and you can listen on SoundCloud, the podcast app, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all of that, okay? I'm try I'm working on getting us on the Pandora network. I noticed they had one. Because uh, I work for SiriusXM, and we just joined forces with Pandora. So it's like a big company initiative to like do a lot of cross-promotion. So um, they're like trying to find ways where we could kind of like create some energy between the two um, companies that are now one. So one of the mm -hmm. ways is I have a podcast. I'm on Sirius XM. Um, let's get the podcast on the Pandora's uh, podcast network. But like a lot of the other companies, I'll, there's not a lot of movement going on in my company right now uh, just because of COVID and everything going on with that. Mm -hmm. So people are just kind of doing like what they need to do to maintain and not doing anything extra, but it's definitely something that I'm pushing for. So, Damn. okay. So let's get into what's in our feed. Uh, big, 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 big news. Uh, we're watching history being made right now. Joe Biden has announced his uh, pick for vice president, uh, Kamala Harris. Can we clap it up for Kamala Woo! or Kamala? Or Kamala. Ka yeah, Kamala. <laughs> I always be butchering her name. <laughs> you like Kamala? Come on or your Kamala. <laughs> so um, she's actually breaking like a lot of barriers right now. So yeah. she is the first black woman to be nominated for a major party as a vice president. If elected, she would be the, the nation's first female black and first Asian American vice president yes. because she's the daughter of an Indian born mother and a Jamaican father. Yeah, now she has a very interesting background. Yes. So for people who don't know, she's a Howard grad. She's an AKA. So I know the AKA mm -hmm. going to be out there with their I'm mask and their Lysol. <laughs> uh, Dex is uh, repping the AKA colors here. She's pink and green. And also she's from an HBCU. So I'm, I, look, her background, I'm here for it. So uh, she's a former prosecutor. Uh, she's also former DA. She was a DA in San Francisco. So she was the first female DA in San Francisco, period. And then the first uh, person of color to be a DA in all of California. She's also a former attorney general, now senator of California. What do we think about this pick? 
Well, I'll, I, I'm gonna start first. I don't know a lot about her, so I'm gonna be looking for you know some of y'all uh, information, so you know I can know. But uh, I will say this: uh, Joe Biden did a good job to try to get that black vote. I, I know that <laughs> that that was definitely a good pick. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to hear what y'all got to say about it. Well, he yeah. had a little hiccup because I feel like he kind of yeah. brushed black people the wrong <laughs> way for a while. Um, I think that he's so down with Barack that he doesn't understand that other black people might not be all the way on board. So he got a little bit too comfortable. And I think people proceeded to check him in his comfortability. Yeah. And he's kind of like, you know, and I love Joe Delaware stand up, but you know, he's kind of like the old uncle that says too much. And then you're like, wait, what did you say now? And he don't even realize what he said, but he said it. You're like, wait, 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 no, run that back. Because a couple of sentences ago, you said. <laughs> and that's why I am happy with the pick, you know, because um, you know, I be called, about to call this girl Kamala. <laughs> Kamala, Kamala, sorry. I checked him, like, many a times, you know, in the a presidential debate, you know, I feel like, you know, not only was it obviously getting the black vote, the woman vote, he knew this was someone who will check him. Like, mm-hmm. she's not going to be no quiet VP. She's not going right. to sit there and just sit in his office. And I, and I love that he was up for that challenge of, like, She's going to keep me fresh. It's going to, she's going to keep me on my toes. She's not going to just go for the okie doke. You know, she's going to stand up for what she believes in. You know, obviously, from a woman's perspective, it's huge. From a color barrier and, you know, just her having such a diverse background is huge. But I'm just going to honestly say I'm not shocked. I don't know if people saw this a couple weeks ago. It might have been like three weeks ago. He had like a notepad mm-hmm. where they had her name and it said VP. And I always was suspect about that. Plus, you know, we had scandal and it's like, <laughs> so they just took a picture of that notepad and you ain't know or your private notes. And I felt like that was the like, get us ready to see how people were going to prepare for this announcement and kind of check the temperature of people. But so of she- course, there's nasty things coming out about her already because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. people won't hate. Yeah. I, well, I don't know if I would say they're hating. I think that her track record is a little like flawed. I think when we look at it, it's kind of like, I mean, this is how I look at it. When I've, I didn't know any of those candidates when they all, when all 1,700 of them jumped into the <laughs> for um, president. I didn't know, I didn't know any of those people. I knew Bernie Sanders from, from four years ago, but I didn't know anybody else. So it was like, they were, they were there and they were all fighting, doing what they had to do. And then people just started dropping out. And she was one of the ones who, who dropped out. And I didn't know much about her at that point. So it was kind of like I learned more about other people and I still don't know much about this woman who they were, who like the last time I saw you guys together, y'all were fighting and arguing. So like, like, how did this happen? Which now brings me to a conspiracy theory. (laughs) I think that like what, when China just said it, I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly what they wanted us to look at. Like Kamala can get with Joe, like she can control him. And if you think about it, like she could, if he does something or gets out of line, she can snap him back into it. Like Joe, get it together, right? And we saw that at the at the debates, right? That's what mm-hmm. we pretty much saw, but we saw it. So now we see Joe is going through life, making all these gaffles, like you ain't black enough, or there's more Hispanic diversity than black diversity. All that stuff he's been doing, but now they pick a person who can now get him together. So that makes mm-hmm. sense. But what I really think they're trying to do is I don't think Joe wants to be president. Notice when, when everybody was throwing their head in, Joe didn't throw his head in. This, Joe didn't come in until much, much, much later. Joe's there now. He doesn't want to do it. So what he does is resign when he gets in and then Kamala's the president because people aren't going to vote on their own for a black woman. 
That was a deep conspiracy. Right. You took Damn. You got way deep. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. That, <laughs> them gummies got you thinking. That, <laughs> right. You was like. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I will say this. I think her background as a prosecutor is going to be a problem with her, especially amongst people of color, because her job as a district attorney and as a prosecutor is to put people in jail. So, um, you know, and not, you know, obviously there's a lot of bad people in the world and a lot of p- bad people that need to go to jail. But I think that the consensus is going to be amongst people of color is you've put us in jail because the statistic is most people that are in jail, right. the proportions are, are people of color. So I think that's going to be a problem for her. And she was in California in a predominantly black area. So like that's who yeah. you would have been putting in jail. Well, and I do believe, agree with you, Dex, to some extent that I don't really think you know, before when obviously when Donald Trump ran and Bernie was running four years ago, we do know Joe was dealing with his own personal tragedy of losing his son. So when people were saying he should run there, I get it from a tragedy standpoint. His mind wasn't even there. But I do kind of feel like even now he don't want to run. But it's like things had gotten so crazy. You kind of needed the bipartisan person because yeah. he has been in politics for years, good, bad or indifferent. Yeah. There are people from both sides that really respect him and I feel like it was almost like listen we need somebody we just need to get out of this and however we get out of this you might have to do it you might just have to say we know yep. you're getting older we know you're really tired he's been in politics for 99 years yep. but yep. you just might have to do this right now <laughs> you know what though I like this pick you know I like that she plays no games and she will check you you know, uh, she kind of, she's she's the type of chick that shoots it to you straight. She asks the question she wants to know. She don't let you dance. You know, she's very direct. I like that about her. I'm just hoping that people really take the time to learn about her, which is why I wanted to lead our podcast with this conversation, because I remember distinctly from when Hillary ran. Now, we know that when Hillary was running, there were other things that were going up against her. But I distinctly remember, and I will never forget this, I was talking to men and just asking them, um, you know, just strip yourself of all these bad things that you re- already think of Hillary because we knew her so much from being in the White House with the, with Bill Clinton. Would you vote for her? And they were like, no, I would never vote for a wim- woman. And that never left my mind that there were literally a big pool of men that regardless of what she would say, they would not vote for her strictly because she was a woman. And that's it. Yeah. Not because they thought she was a bitch, not because there was an email scandal, not because, you know, they don't like her hair or she white. Or none of that. Heels. Right. They don't like her hair. It's basic. It was basically off of she's a woman. And I don't think a woman can effectively lead. And I don't think a woman should be leading our country. So in turn, I don't I hope that four years later, we don't have these same men coming out talking about, oh, she's a woman. We don't want a woman being the vice president of our country. That's what really scares me. Well, you know we are. Like, so that part, you already know there are going to be some people that the vote is now lost because he has picked not only a woman, but a woman of color. Right. So let's just put those out there that even if they're tired of Donald Trump, this this selection is going to lose some of those voters. And I think that they knew that, but they kind of weighed the risk reward with it. You know, had to do it because, again, like we are in... Pennsylvania, which I know, and I remember when Donald Trump ran and they were talking about that, there were so many people that would lie and say like, oh, I'm voting Democrat again. We're the Democratic state. But then yeah. they said, they were like, I ain't voting for no woman. Like, right. if she was a dude, I would, but she a man. Like, I can't do that. Right. And that's going to happen. Unfortunately, it is. 
question. I was wondering this based off of uh, the theory that um, Dex just said. So if you don't think that he really wants to be president, it's like, and you know, and next up is Kamala Harris. Why would you vote for him if you think that? I'm, I'm not saying that you are, but I'm just saying for the people that have to vote. But, they, but see, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think they would put that out there. Like, I don't think it would be like a known thing that that's what it is. It just, just watching Joe, it just seems like he doesn't want to do this. Like, this just doesn't. I don't know, something about it, like, we've seen Joe be sharp as a tech when he was running with Barack Obama, and I know he's older now, but, like, some of the stuff he's doing, it's just, like, no, no I don't know, Joe, like, this isn't you. Like, this isn't how you would really run this if you wanted. It, it was almost like this campaign was too easy for him. You know what I mean? Like, there was no challenge. Like, you knew when he jumped into it, we got to give it to him. Like, this is who it's going to be because he's, like, the only one they can put up against Trump. Well, I hope this campaign is easy for him because um, I'm very worried about the misogynistic people that will not vote for a, wo- a ballot who has a woman on it just because they can't see women in uh, positions of power and leadership. Right. So I'm I'm worried about that. I'm I'm I can't handle Trump for another four years, especially he talk about getting rid of Social Security. Bruh, I'm young. But I need my social security. <laughs> social security that he's gonna that he's gonna need when he gets out of the White House. Like this is what this is your future, buddy. Child, he got so much money, he ain't worried about the government social security. Right, he child. definitely ain't worried about that. <laughs> I am. He <laughs> pay his taxes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, everyone, please do your research. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and register to vote. There's a lot of other important elections. To your point, like there's a lot of other important elections that are going into, you know, we, we've gone through our primary in a lot of our states that we're in, but there's a lot of other important seats in your city, in your state that'll be up for, um, you know, up for office in November. So really read up on it because it all affects you. Yeah, register to vote, please, and please get out to vote. If you're voting in the mail, via mail, please do that early. They're already talking about some BS about counting the, the mail-in ballots, and we cannot afford to have another president who cannot effectively lead us, specifically in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, people losing their hair because of the COVID, I can't. You know, every every time you get a little sick, you're paranoid and you think you got the COVID. Just this week, three of us had thought we had the COVID. (laughs) You know, so it's like... It's like, I can't, we need effective leadership to lead us through this coronavirus thing. Please vote, do your research, register to vote. Moving on. The wet ass Punani video. WAP, uh, <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B. A lot of conversation about the raunchiness of this video. What are your thoughts? I thought the video was very well done. I thought it was very tasteful. I had no issues with what tasteful. Very tasteful. <laughs> A little too tasteful, actually. <laughs> no issue with anything that these women women were doing. I thought it was I thought it was very creative, and I think we live in a world where, uh, unless it's Beyonce or a pop star, like our videos are very bland and boring. There's no budget behind it. It looks like the B in Cardi B stands for budget because there was a budget. <laughs> <laughs> stands for budget. All you looked at is what they were, and you missed out. Like that was a really well done video with like yeah. it's like videos from like the early nineties, like mm-hmm. and early two thousands, where MTV would be giving you awards for that. There's choreography, there's outfit changes, like there's cinematic, there's cameos. Like that video was perfect. 
You know, I got I got like a Missy Elliott vibe, which I thought was good. And I like the idea of a whole house because that's how I interpreted what it was. It's like they're talking. You know, the, the sample is there's some hoes in this, in house. this house. Right. And then you got the hoes in the house doing whole things. So yeah. it's like I really enjoyed um, how we peeked into an actual whole house, you know, <laughs> and every room features someone else doing something different. I agree with you, Dex. I grew up watching and listening to Little Kim, so I'm not very offended. by uh any kind of sexuality i I don't feel uncomfortable you know i don't mind women that touch their vagina i like watching girls shake their ass but i am very respectful of the fact that i don't have children you know i don't have a, a young girl little girl watching it um you know and i i did grow up little kim was my favorite <laughs> so yeah you know, so I am respectful to the people that feel uh, uncomfortable with, with the sexual aspects of it because some people have kids and, and not everyone was raised like I was. Yeah, but like, yeah, but you, why are your kids listening? Like, yeah. why are they Well, listening? you know, the, I mean, I, I, believe it or not, and I hate when people say this, but they're role models. Little girls are looking up to me. I understand that, but our parents is, listen, I have a seven-year-old niece that I live with and she watches a lot of things, and I don't mind the song, although, you know, for my church folk, our WAP is worship and praise, praise <laughs> the Lord. Uh, but I was listening to the song as well, and I enjoyed the song, and as Dex said, I enjoyed the video. But now am I going to sit here and watch it with my seven-year-old niece? No. But it doesn't, I'm not offended by that. There are certain things that are not supposed to be for children, and it, it just goes back to, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing as the adults and making sure we're monitoring what they watch because again I you know I grew up in the Little Kim era as well I actually grew up I'll never forget there's a videotape of me and we're at like a family barbecue and I was singing I want to sex you up and I was six I didn't even know <laughs> and, and, and uh, Ooh, girl, you was fast. he said fast. what do you what are you singing about and now that I'm older like and I saw the video I didn't even know what I was singing about I was like you know like people go up with sex. Like, I didn't even know what I was saying. <laughs> but obviously, I was something I was sneaking and I was listening to that my mom wasn't aware of. So I do get that fear because kids have phones, they go on YouTube. Right. But you have to be mindful of what your child is doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I definitely think the, uh, the video was great. I mean, outside of just the beautiful women that's in it, the song <laughs> was dope. Um, even to go back to what uh, Dex was saying, like, yeah, a lot of people don't have to spend a lot of money on videos nowadays because of technology. So to at least see somebody put effort to make it different was definitely refreshing because, like you said, also, you usually see it from the legendary artists. So it was really good just to see it from them. And as far as, you know, them being role models, yeah, but mama got to have a life too, right? Like, you can't be perfect all the time, right? You can't, you know, so... Um, as far as that, yeah, uh, of course you can't monitor what people watch. And music is very influential, but at the same time, you know, uh, I think there is a time and a place, and you should be able to do what you want at times. And I don't think they went super overboard with it. So Mm-mm, they didn't. To me, like to me, and to all your point, I actually watched the video. Like I don't remember the last time I actually sat and watched a video. Like, I was intrigued. I felt like I was watching a little movie. It did take you back. It took you back to respecting the video. Right. Yeah. Well, CeeLo was dragged this week because he brought up a point about adult content and how a lot of our women rappers 
are very sexual and raunchy. And he, he literally named Nikki Cardi, you know, um, and he said, adult, con- there used to be a time and place for adult content. Remember when we had BET uncut? So it's like these things were around, but they were placed in an area where if you wanted this content, um, you can go and get it, you know? But now it seems like there's no no distinction between adult content and regular content. You guys don't think that's a problem? I don't know. If it, oh, go ahead, Dex. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if that's a problem or not. I mean, once again, I just think where we at in the world as far as technology, like, we didn't have phones readily at our hands when BNT Uncut, you know, was at its height. So, you know, now on the internet, you can literally see anything at right. any time. And I mean, it, is it scary at times? Yeah, but this is the world that we live in. So I'm not sure if there is going to be a place again for just something that's separate, unless you want to put it on OnlyFans. Like, <laughs> that's so <laughs> Right. Too, so. Well, I was going to say, I think it is a problem, but the, is that Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's problem? Did they create it? Like, no. no like, he was just talking overall. Like, there used yeah. to be a time and place. Yeah. And, yeah, I you mean, know, he didn't mention BT Uncut, but when he said what he said, which was annoying to me because some of his music is sexual, but that's another conversation. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I do. But I started thinking, like, no, th- there's something here to the. There's a time and place. There used to be a time and place for this stuff. Now it's like it's just mainstream. Yeah, I think there's a time and place for like literally everything. And I think there was a time and a place for that conversation to be had. And that's at his kitchen table with his friends and or family. And I also think there's a time and a place to, to have sex, especially with people who don't don't want to have sex with you. In 2012, he, he had rape allegations for, for trying to force himself on someone in the hotel room. Right. I don't he think he's a good person. Be the person talking about anything like sexual at all. Like what you did was serious, and like you could have went to jail for that. So like, right. just worry about that and focus on that. Like don't don't do the time and the place stuff. Listen, right, man. right. These dummies got Dex on one. He really <laughs> Dex. <right today. laughs> Dex made me choke. Yo, he made Dex, me think I had coronavirus again. Dex, listen. Dex took a week off and came back with a. Thank you, my spot on the team. <laughs> You yeah. saw we kept you on the flyer too, boo, right? When I said that, I said, that's a blessing right there. They really looked up. All for one and one for all. I, I also think that's a good point too. And to go back to what you said as well, I mean, as far as that. So even the time and the place of it, it's like, were you also having this conversation when a male dropped a video similar to this? Mm. Like, when, when is this conversation? Why is it being had now? Because... Let's not try to demonize the, the women that, you know, are in it. They're getting money. They're selling records. They're doing nothing different from what, you know, the males are doing and yeah. what they're doing in the music. Okay. Or, what, you know, Tory Lane just got super popular from Quarantine Radio and right. all that show. Mm-hmm. So was this being had at the same time? So. That's, that's and that's what I don't like the double standard of men telling women, "Oh, y'all too sexual," but then y'all turn around and make sexual music. And like, I love how they want right, and I love how so it's like, well, it's like that double, you know, that that the 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 gender role of men can be as sexual as they want, but the second that a woman is sexual, now she's uh, desperate, which is the word that CeeLo used. You know, wow, he says it seems desperate to him. So it's like, okay, so when you want to have sex, you're not desperate. But the I'm second say, we no, want to have sex, call it <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
It's just a little weird thing. Did you not read his comments? We need to read his whole comments for next. It's just so (laughs) odd to me that he would say that. Like, I think that's a little, that's really bizarre that you would say that, like, even their mindset in general, like, when a man, for the most part, I know that there's people, there's men who like other men, but, like, when, when these guys are wanting to be sexual, they're wanting to be sexual with women. So, like, we're looking at the same woman for the most part, and if she were to give us all a chance, we wouldn't have an issue with it. Like, it's so bizarre to me that guys that have that argument when you're chasing after women. You're chasing after these same women that you're saying are whores or whatever, but you're you're chasing them. Like, you want them. But it goes back to the expectation, the very misogynistic expectation that women have to be, you know, uh, what are they? Uh, um, something in the streets and a freak in the sheets. What do, um, what do they say? Um, a, la- uh, a, la- a lady in, in, the, in, the, in the streets and a freak, and in, a freak the sheet. in the sheet. Like, like we're supposed to be these virginal, you know, looking women and then turn into these hypersexual porn stars. <laughs> and, then, and this is their and job. Then, and then suppress all of that, you know, and look like virginal angels. Like but they were fine with Cardi when she was stripping in the nightclub, but now you know, like you were probably the same men that were throwing her money, and now these same men are like, "Oh, this is too sexual" because yeah. she's saying it on a record. But it's like y'all were the same ones, you know, paying for her boob job at the time. Like, so come on, it's because it's cause I, I feel like the men that do have a problem with this, uh, they didn't expect these women to have this much power. Mm-hmm. And with that power comes fear, and they use things like, "Well, my daughter's going to be listening to this." It's like they was already listening to this, and they was listening to you. It was already in the music already, right? Yeah, I do know that kids don't like. To your point, Shayna, they don't really digest music the way that we do as adults. You know, a lot of times they don't know what they're saying. Not that that's an excuse. But um, a lot of the times they just don't understand. I mean, it's different when you're watching a video, but I'm talking about actual songs. Yeah. You know, some of the kids don't even know what these songs are about. So. And one more thing about, like, the guys. Like, a lot of these guys do these videos, and they call these girls the B-words, and they call them hoes. You literally have a video <clears throat> where these people are acknowledging that that's what they are. They're saying, oh, you call me a hoe. I'm a hoe. Like, that's what I am. I'm call- it's exactly what you called me. So, like, what's your issue with it? I really like how Cardi B is clapping back, though. He's like, oh, all the men. It's, it, no, she said it'd be the same men that be singing slob on my knob. Right. They got a problem with wet ass pussy. <laughs> it's the same men that want, want, to, want to try some of that, some of that wop, but they can't. Listen, if the song wasn't hot and if the video wasn't hot, nobody would talk about it. That's true. They just at the top right now. I will say a a part of me uh, feels a little, I don't want to say sad, but I I do feel like, you know, uh, uh, most of the women that we have on top, they're all super sexual. So it's like, it it does kind of make me feel a certain way that do women have to be very sexual in order to be popular, you know? And, and. I think that goes into our like obsession with entertainment because like that's only like, the case in entertainment. Like there's so many other women in, in politics and in like religion and sports that aren't overly sexualized. But like I feel like we always hone in on like the entertainment industry and then it's like that's the that's the makeup for black women where it's like no, there's other black women out here doing stuff, but like we don't focus on them. Yeah, I just I will say I am always thankful for Beyonce. 
Because I know when I have raunchy, sexy, vagina ass in my face, Beyonce will always balance it out. And yeah, give, and she does and give me right, No, she does. Yeah. She does, but I think that she also has another side of her that I really admire. And I'm, I'm happy that women and little girls have different people to look up to. She just yeah. made an album called Black is King. I mean, there's, there's zero sexuality there. It's all about culture and, and being prideful, you know, and, and, and all of that. So I, I thank God for Beyonce. Let them women do what they want, man. <laughs> At the end of the day, let them do what they want. Let them, let them just let them do what they want. All right. So um, moving on. Well, I guess we're going to we're going to save this as our topic because apparently Cardi B's next album is supposed to be like her lemonade album. Now that we're talking about Cardi B and Beyonce. So we're going to talk about that a little later. But first, I know, Shana, you didn't want to talk about this, but um, (laughs) Fat Joe said I love you, Fat Joe. I'm not making this face because you. I'm making this face because of what you said. Fat Joe said he was interviewing Rick Ross. He was minding his business. And he said, what's your relationship with Drake? And he literally said that guy, like every song that he puts out goes number one. He's literally like today's times Michael Jackson. Right. So this generation is Michael Jackson. He was saying it in relation to number one songs. And that's where he should have kept it. But, <laughs> but he, he he didn't say in terms of songs. He said it more broader and he should have been more specific. But I wanted to entertain this idea because, you know, I'm a, an objective thinker. So when people say something, I really think about it. Is there any truth to this, right? What do you guys think about that? I mean, you think about all the, the and you know I'm not the biggest Drake fan. I mean, I like Drake, but not like that. Sherlock Homeboy knows that, you know, but think about that. Considering all his accolades and everything that he's done and he's been in the game for so long, is there a possibility that he could be today's Michael Jackson? It depends how you look at it. I mean, I I, I wouldn't say that only because I'm a super Michael Jackson fan. I feel like he's at the head of the Mount Rushmore of all musicians. Um, But Drake is in a class of his own right now to me. I, I, I don't even feel like you put it with, Michael Jackson, he he's just Drake right now. As far as a, a as far as a rapper, we haven't seen anything like this when it comes to just the hit records and hit records in different uh, languages, hit records in different countries. You know what I'm saying? Like we we just never seen anything like this. So I don't think I would even put Michael into that conversation. I think they're both standalone in what one did and what one is currently doing. Yeah, I I agree with that completely. I I don't think that. Drake and Michael, like, if, if they did a versus battle, they wouldn't say, let's put Drake and Michael Jackson together. Like, they totally different music. Like, I get in terms of, like, number one, they're really popular artists. But, like, what Michael Jackson did wasn't just put out what music. Like, he was, like, a world leader. And I think Drake could get there one day. But Drake, um, music-wise, Drake is amazing. I don't necessarily know if it's, like, Michael Jackson amazing. But Drake's amazing music-wise. But, like, he, Drake doesn't have the cultural impact that I think mm. Michael Jackson had. I think Beyonce could be close to that, but I don't necessarily know if Drake is at, at that lane right now. And it's mainly because he's a rapper. I don't think he would get to that lane. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's the thing is, I just think Drake has made his own lane and by far, like, I'm not diminishing any of the, his accolades or anything he does, but I think that we are in a new class of music. So compare him to Michael Jackson is just, is, is disrespectful to Michael Jackson and it's also unfair to him. And to Dex's point, like, Michael Jackson 
was a performer. I love Drake to death, but I don't really go to a Drake concert because he's going to perform. I just might want to hear that song. You know what I mean? It's not like he's going to like, oh my God, what dance is he going to do? Oh my God, what outfit is he going to come out with? Is he going to have a chain? Is he going to stand, just stand for 15 minutes and everybody's going to go crazy? Like, no, like, and that, and I, he wouldn't even want to do that. So that's why I just feel like, you know, there, I, I guess he was referring to number ones, but it's, it's class of its own. Again, like we talked about, music is so different now in the way that we consume it. I, I uh, definitely congratulate Drake for everything that he's done and creating a different lane. Well, I also think Michael Jackson really broke down racial barriers that Drake just has not done, you know? Um, I mean, you have to think of... What? I said, maybe not racial, but he he made everybody love Canadians a little bit. (laughs) 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 You have to think, Michael Jackson was the very first black man to be... His video was the very first video of a black man to be shown on MTV. You know, I mean, it was, you know, prior to that, black videos and black music was more segregated, it's very segregated, and you only found them in certain areas, you know, so it's like, this was mainstream, he broke it down mainstream, you know, he did shows that other black performers didn't do, you know, Um, so I think racially, Michael really helped break down some barriers with his music. But in playing devil's advocate, I would like to say Drake has surpassed um, a couple of people in the top 10 uh, charts in, in the, on the Billboard Hot 100. So he surpassed Mariah Carey's record. She has 28 top 10s. He surpassed Michael Jackson's record. He has 30 top 10s. He surpassed the Beatles' records. He, the Beatles have 34. Madonna has 38. He has 40 entries. He, we're literally, this is a list of greatness and that, right. that Drake is, is inserted into. And he has nowhere near the amount of years that these people have in. Well, I was going to say the music business too, and again, not taking away anything from Drake, is totally different in the way that he is able to control a lot of his music. You know, when you talk about a lot of those artists, and even Mariah Carey can't wait for her book, because I want to hear it in the book, you know, how music had to be, how much it was controlled by the record label, and what was controlled about how much content they put out. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, you look at, like, people like Prince, who has so many un- Un, I don't want to say unrecorded, unpublished songs because the way that a lot of things, either in their own heads as perfectionists or the control that the record companies had on these artists where, you know, Drake now in his own lane has a lot of control. He has his own distribution company. And I just think the way that music is now put out is, is totally different. Well, there's two things. There's the, the control of the label to the artist. Back then, the label definitely had a lot more control. Now the artist, I think, has a little bit more control. But then also uh, how, how they, what they rate as, as a sale has changed mm-hmm. on the Billboard yeah, chart in that time. Go ahead, G. No, I was going to say, um, also, she actually forgot it. It, it was just piggybacking what, uh, what you guys have already said. Um, about how just the, the, the model of the industry change. And uh, also, it's easier to just make the music, too. You know, back then, if if, if you wanted them strings in the back, you really had to <laughs> copy them strings. You know, now I'm going to press a button. So, you know, Drake made 10 songs in one night, if that's what he wants to do. It's very hard for Mike to 
to do that. So that's funny and true. You had to get the whole orchestra in. You're right. It might take you're right. And technology, it might take Drake an hour to make a song, and it took Mike six months to make a song. Right. Like I was just watching Ray last night, and Ray was like, "Give me to this. Give me to these kind of singers. Give me like you had to get all those pieces together." Yeah. yeah. But just, I mean, guess in closing, what would you, because I, I heard you guys compare the music and, and like make a really good argument for how they could be compared. What, what, what move would you rather do? The moonwalk or the Tootsie Slide? <laughs> Tootsie Slide all day, baby. First of all, the Tootsie Slide. I don't even have to do neither one of them. The Tuesday the slide, I believe you to get it right, Dex. The Tuesday slide is more, it's user friendly. Not a lot of people can moonwalk. Try. That's hilarious. Okay. So, you know, this is where I have all my, you wonder where I have all my information. I'm a wealth of music knowledge. I, and I know where everything is. I'll be like, let me go to the page where it says <laughs> how many top 10 songs Drake has. <laughs> so uh, our topic today is about uh, relationships and uh, invading your relationship's privacy. So Cardi B in the interview, she's covering Elle. She's talking about her next album. And back to our conversation about the video, I think she put a lot of money, to your point, Dex, Cardi budget, um, I think she put a lot of money into this because there's a lot of expectation from this second album. You know, the buildup of her first album, uh, Invasion of Privacy, won a Grammy. You know, um, it broke all these records, not only as a Latin woman, but as a woman in music. You know, she had multiple songs on the charts, won a Grammy, the only rapper to ever win that Grammy, female rapper. You know, so there's a buildup. So you don't want the expectation to be let down by this crap, crappy separate second project. So she has to come with it this time around, even bigger and better than last time. So coming out the box with her first, this song with a big video definitely adds to that, you know, that buildup. But she's saying in this article that this album is going to address a lot of the issues that she's been having with Offset. Now we know there's been rumors of him cheating and, you know, people are always looking into that. She says she's going to have a Beyonce lemonade moment. Now, here's what we're talking about. If you're going to put all your business on Front Street, what is private? Like, what, what, it, when you're, especially when you're an artist, your life is kind of out there, but there's also an expectation that you have a privacy, that there's certain things that are off limits when it comes to sharing about your relationship. What's the violation here? You know, um, d- does Offset have, um, a right to privacy in his relationship? He shouldn't have done it. it. You knew that woman was a great musician. What are you talking about? You knew she was going to need something else to write about. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But now, as far as that, I I think she's just living her life and that, what what she has to offer us right now, you know, that's a huge part of her life is family, her children, and well, her child, and you know making music so between that and traveling i mean which one would you rather hear about her relationship or her just keep talking about the wap like which one would you want to hear? that why right, exactly that why she so she's trying to give us some substance here so i'm not mad for it that's just where she's at in her life right now and she's trying to keep it as honest and open as possible 
I think it just gets a little scary though because we have an expectation sometimes. Like like when this stuff does break and it comes out, like we want a statement from her. Cardi, what happened? Like Cardi, what did he do? Like, do we need to be mad at him? Like, what's going on? Like, I mean, people are a fan of her, so they really do get very invested in this. And I think that while like I personally, and I think most of the people demanding some responses from these public figures, like we would never do this. Like if this was us in a situation, it'd be like, y'all just don't mind your business. Like y'all not gonna know what's going on in my home. But right. with public figures, we're like, no, we need to know exactly what it is. And then they get us on red table talk. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> talking too much or whatever. And it's like as public, I think we got to step back a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, I do I do agree with uh, uh, Sherlock Homeboy that, you know, as artists, I do think they tell a lot of their story and their music, really good artists. You know, I know a lot of great singers and songwriters in Philly and like, when they have breakups, boy, some of that work be the best work. Like, you almost want them to be going through something. <laughs> like, yo, and then, then you'll be like, this one is my favorite song. And you know they talking about the guy they broke up with and, you know, telling, like, I, I, you know, telling some of those details without really telling them, doing it in a way that's creatively probably telling some of your business, but still protecting that person. I believe that, you know, Offset knows she's going to do this. And, you know, obviously they probably talked about what's going to be said. I'm sure she's not going to give us every detail. It's enough to like, like Dex says, satisfies the, I'm not ignoring that it happened, but probably not every detail that we would really know everything that happened. Mm -hmm. I think it's a hard life, you know, when you just are an artist, you know, again, the Dex's point, there's so many expectations from the public to know everything about your private life. And, you know, it's just a, it's a hard thing that you, but you're buying into this life knowing that, you're going to sacrifice some of that into it. I definitely wouldn't be telling all of my business and y'all still won't know it. Um, even with us being on the pod, sometimes yeah. I even tell a little bit too much, but you know, I just think when it comes to privacy, privacy is so sacred and you can't get it back once it's kind of out there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just, I, and I'm, again, I'm sure they've weighed out what level of the invasion of their own privacy is going to come out in this project and now in their lives. Cause I'm sure he's probably better about cheating, you know, it just, and I'm not even saying he's cheating, but if oh, he does, he's hiding it better. You would hope he get better. Cause come on now. You were sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it kind of spoiled it for me that she announced it. Mm. Like, because now I'm looking for it, you That's know, like, right. Like, like for me, I hate I hate that I bring up wrestling on every single podcast. But for me, like for for like wrestling back in the day, it was so good because like you were watching, you have no idea what's gonna happen. Then something crazy happens. But now because they know like they gotta they have to pull you in before you actually give it a, a chance. You gotta tease all this stuff. You gotta tease who's gonna be on it. Like you really have to give them every single thing for them to even give you a shot. Which is crazy because we there's no element of surprise in music anymore. That's right, and, and that element of surprise is what I think made Beyonce's Lemonade so epic. You know, we didn't see it coming. Yeah. It was a surprise album, and then there's no real explanation. We don't know how many of the songs she's talking is about their relationship, how much of it is truthful, what is someone yeah. else wrote this song, or she she's writing about someone else's experience. So I think that a mystery, that allure of, oh, is this about her? Uh -huh. Or, you know, I think that really added to the greatness of that album. But when you spill it and tell us, it takes away from that. I was just about to say, though, Beyonce and Jay-Z are the king and queen of it. Because to your point, like, it came out, 
there wasn't really a lot of interviews on what it, you know, we knew it. It was like, I said what I said and I'm done. Like, you know, like I'm not addressing it anymore. I don't have to. I said what I said. You, you surmise what is truth and what is right. fiction and what's in the middle. And that's it. And they're really a lot of king and queen of, of living this life in public. this very public way and, and keeping privacy tight. Yeah, so I think she kind of spoiled it with that because now what's gonna happen is I'm looking, I'm looking for it in the album, and if every song ain't something, I'm like, you, what is this? This ain't no lemonade. Yeah. And then the visual component of lemonade was so powerful. I mean, for you to even evoke Beyonce's lemonade, like this album, <laughs> and she did high. say, I'm gonna have my lemonade moments, but I think because lemonade had the visual component, you know, that was probably Beyonce's first visual album, really you know, before Black is King and just the element of surprise really caught everyone off guard. So, and I, you know, when, when I started thinking about this, I'm like, you know, does Offset have the right to privacy? You know, are, is she sharing too much? I started to think about Mary J. Blige and I started to think about some, uh, even Usher's confession, you know, some of artists that have created monumental works, even though they say... Ooh. You know, Confessions is still good. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> but I started thinking about these artists that created these monumental works from a heart heartbreak, you know? But everything is still the same. They didn't tell us this was coming. I was coming. about to say, like, and when you think about Usher's Confessions, we know, you know, some of the rumors and things, but he never said, like, this right. was actually about me and Chili, and then it, like, right. he never went through all that. It just dropped, and it was just right. fire at the time. So I think that element of surprise adds to that greatness. And I'm kind of sad that she kind of spilled the beans a little bit because now I'm going into the album expecting this lemonade-ish because she just in invoked that. So now I'm going into it thinking about that and it may not be that. And I'm back to what Garnett said. He cheated. He don't deserve yeah. no kind of concessions. <laughs> he waved that. He, he waved that. So it was good. Sorry. Multiple I times. Garnett, how would you feel if you had a girl that was telling all your business on her album? Sheesh, that's funny because I was gonna ask y'all that question first. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, I'm I'm not sure. Like I said, it's uh, I can't be that mad if that's what she's doing. You know what I'm saying? If 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 she's someone that isn't you know an artist or isn't someone that tweets a lot or isn't someone that's on Facebook a lot, like and my business is out there on Facebook because you decided to do that today. Yeah, I'm gonna be heartbroken. I'm be a little pissed off about that. But if that's what you do, if this is your job, I can't do anything but expect that. And it's probably going to happen on the other end as well. I'm pretty sure, you know, Offset may have a few things to say on his next few records after that drop. So. All right. Well, that my disc record ready too. <laughs> <laughs> what did Jay-Z drop? Remember his rebuttal? <laughs> what was it called? 444. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But you know what Garnett said, I, I do agree with that, but I also think it depends on where we are in the relationship, too. Like, if this cheating stuff had happened and we, you've forgiven me and we've moved past it, I wouldn't be okay with you mm. putting it out there to the public when we've moved past it, because now we have to relive that. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point. If we, broke up, if we broke up and you put it out there, it kind of is what it is, but if we're still together and we're trying to move past it, why are you going in the studio upsetting yourself again? And then when it comes out... <laughs> The fans are going to be mad at me. It's, I, that's, I'm going to get hate tweets, right? You're going to hash it up again. We're laying up in the bed together, and I'm getting hate tweets about something that you put out about <laughs> me. 
I was gonna say because you know fans are gonna be in his comments like you ain't have to go in that group Instagram like that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that wraps up our conversation for today. Anything you guys want to add? Um, now nah, I'm getting a haircut tomorrow. That's about it. Um, <laughs> so next week I'll be fresh to death. You know, that's it. Okay. <laughs> that's it okay that's it. well i got my hair done we I don't see, know about yeah we see you got your makeup on and yeah. it i got my hair did so i've been watching moesha a lot y'all on netflix i, I heard watch. you say that on the radio i was listening to you on the radio earlier to the, to the, what i heard how good that show was i'm really entrenched it with Moesha, even though I hate Q, I still hate Q. Oh, all these years, oh I thought maybe he be what he all he say is shorty. What you mean, shorty? <laughs> shorty? Nah, shorty. That's all he say. Every other word, I'm tired of Q. I think you might be him though. Like, you can't, <laughs> like I'm not sure you, like you're fine. Like that's that's you. <laughs> That was funny. I'm Frank. I'm Frank. That's who I am. Yeah. What? Who? Who is everybody in Moesha? What characters are y'all? I, I think that I'm Frank. I was telling my fiance the other day. I said I'm so corny. Like it's like not even funny. <laughs> and, then laugh, and then it's the laugh that he does. He <laughs> did. But that's me. I'm so corny. It's ridiculous. I don't think you laugh like that. It's a little bit worse. <laughs> A bit I think I'm Brandy. There you go. No, you're definitely a Kim. <laughs> I could be Kim. I love Kim. I love Kim too. He is fun. I said that on the radio. I was like, ooh, he's so fine. And I'm like, I've been watching Moesha a lot, y'all. My bad. <laughs> yes, I heard you this morning talking about watching Moesha. <laughs> so I did my research, right? So I'm like, damn, Usher got mad roles. He's like a recurring role, right? I know my dog got a pee and poop. She like, hurry up with the podcast. Hold on. <laughs> so he was on a show from 1997 to 1999, and they dated for one year inside of that. Oh, see, I didn't know they dated. I did my research. So that's why they had, you know... Hello. That's why he kept coming. Okay. Okay. No. Well, I don't know if that's why he got his role. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is it might have helped the on-camera chemistry between Kobe Usher and Brandy. Kobe was on there too. Yeah, he, he was, was on only there. on there once. Though. He was only on there once. Yeah. yeah, but they got him in and out. Listen, he's not there. To, listen, he, he had the biggest jeans I've ever seen in my life, though. Those, those clothes back in the 90s was something different. <laughs> Yo, but Moesha looked real cute every episode, right? Yeah, she, yeah. Was, she was always cute. She just put together. So, yeah, so both of y'all are Frank. No, so you're Q, you're Frank, right? Or Hakeem. No, no, you're not. No, you definitely. You could be not. Hakeem. He could be Hakeem, right? Personality. Hakeem is like. be Hakeem. Like a bum. I don't think you're. A, you're not a bum. Like Hakeem is a bum. <laughs> what are you saying Hakeem about Hakeem? Hilarious, man. He was hilarious. No, I can be Brandy, and then Sherlock Homeboy could come to my house and eat, which he does anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Shayna, who are you? I don't know. Shane is like no nonsense. Get right to the point. I love that they have that <laughs> character D on there too, like a strong, like black woman mom. Like, 
Like, yeah. <laughs> Low key, I'm learning a lot about relationships from watching D. Like, oh, I don't know why, yeah. y'all, but she's really good at being assertive. At least, and I know this is just a show, but yeah. she's really good at being a boss and assertive yeah. and smart and independent, but also knowing when to fall back and allow her man to be a man. Well, and I'm I like, must not be her yet. It's like, what? I don't y'all put her on the TV, the best TV mom, not you guys personally, but people never put D on the best TV mom. That's they true. Like, they, she don't get enough respect. Uh, she definitely yeah. does not get it, enough respect. It's because her character was, wasn't like, she. it seemed like she was always hating on Moesha. <laughs> so, nobody's going to love that. That's what it seemed like, even though it's not true. No, she loves her. Yeah, no, like, she always got kind of like a problem. Like I, I just watched the episode where you know they've been living in the house for some time now, and you know she's she's with Frank, and she wants to bring in some of her own furniture. So she wants to have a yard sale, and Moesha just start going off. It's like what? <laughs> but it made me look at D two for a second. Hold on, D, don't be selling her mom stuff, D. First of all, <laughs> that was D, but that wasn't her mentality. I'm gonna get her right. mom oh, stuff oh, up. Oh, here it was just oh i she literally won a contest and to have a, a a designer come and evaluate her home and the designer came in and evaluated her home and said the furniture is tacky it, it, it's not her fault that you know moesha's mom picked out the furniture like that wasn't where she was going Amina says she did her research. She did her research. She just watched that episode. Like, yeah, she knows. She said she's been watching them all this week. <laughs> I did, too. First of all, no, I'm on season four. Okay. Oh, sorry. So I'm you on season two. So yeah. <laughs> catch up. Hey, hold on. Why is there so many damn episodes in this? That's what she said on the radio. <laughs> I said, said 21, 21 episodes. Season three is 21 episodes. That's the longest season I've ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you my friend. You really listen to me. Aww. But, but I will tell you this though, I haven't skipped the intro one time. I listen Me to neither. Well, you have to. to That's the best part. Me to the Unamanability. <laughs> I used to have my braids all the time. I mean I got braids now, but I used to have them all the time. Your poetic um, justice braids. Okay, mm-hmm. my dog needs to pee, y'all. Anything all else? Right, you want to add? <laughs> yep, that's it. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. It's the 140th episode. We are working on another interview for next week. Check out Angelica Villa from last week and uh, find us on YouTube. I mean to say what? I'm Shayna B. Right now, Briscoe, a.k.a. Sherlock Homeboy. Dex the one. M to the I to the uh, uh, N to the uh, A to the <laughs> It's the Mina's House Podcast. Please. <laughs>